Well, are you ready to get in the word this morning? Hallelujah. You know, we live in the word, don't we? Because he is the word of God. We don't come to church because it's Sunday. We are the church, right? So this is our life. We live in him and with him and with each other. And we come and we get equipped, we get strengthened to go out and lay hold of things in our own life, to walk fresh in the midst of chaos, to walk at rest in the midst of chaos, fearless as he walked on this earth because we walk in him, amen? But we finished at the end of August talking about faith in the blood. We need to know and have great understanding and revelation knowledge which only comes from the Spirit of God on all that the blood did for us. Jesus Christ did not spill his blood. His life was not taken. He laid his life down. No man could have taken his life, but he laid it down for you and I. His blood could not have possibly been spilled. His blood was shed. And I'm telling you what, what's really awesome is when he came out of that grave, he took his blood and he went into the tabernacle, into the holy place in heaven, a tabernacle that we'll see one day. I mean, think about that. You'll see the very tabernacle. You'll see the Ark of the Covenant and you'll start falling down in worship as you look at the blood of Jesus that is on that mercy seat that literally made you new, made you free, and gave you a future. Man, I'm telling you, his blood is more than enough. It eradicated everything that happened to us in Adam. It was all erased. It was all gone. And now everything has been made new. Isn't that amazing? You, as you sit here today, you may not feel like it. It may not even look like it. But the reality and the truth of who you are is you have been made free. You have been made new. And you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Him. And with that that incredible power, that incredible privilege of knowing the God of heaven intimately, There's a great responsibility that comes with that. That in every arena of your life, you are to walk in the victory of that blood so that the world can see who Jesus really is. Amen? So let's talk about that today. Hallelujah. At least we're going to attempt to talk about it. Hallelujah. Go over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. Now, I want to encourage you to go back in this series. This is message five, but go back to the other four and listen to those again. And when you listen, sit down with a pad of paper and a pen. Have a ruler with you so that you can underline in your Bible. Write notes in your Bible. Because this is your weapon. This is the sword, the word of God. Take notes. See how how the Lord will stir you with other scriptures and turn a message that you heard into a message in your life that you can use, not only in your own life, but to disciple others. 
So everything we're going to say today is going to just stir us back up and bring us to the point to where now we can start going into some other stuff about the blood. But this is going to stir you. I'm telling you, the church has been lied to long enough. We see that because the culture has been affecting the church. But the church is to always affect the culture. The kingdoms of this world are to become the kingdoms of our God. Right? We are to see Jesus move everywhere. And that's his desire in Omaha, in all the surrounding communities, in our state, in our nation, and in the world. And this is your time as a child of God. It's your time. This is your season on the earth to show and to do everything that he has called you to do. So you're a, purpose, you're, you're a person of destiny, right? Don't ever let past failures, maybe some insecurities, whatever, don't ever let your unrenewed mind or your undeveloped spirit dictate the truth of God's word. No, no, no. Let the word of God change all of that in your life. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it says here, for as much as you know. Now this is something that you are to know. And what that know is, you are to have revelation knowledge of this, which only comes by the Spirit of God. So many believers think that if they've read a scripture, they know it. And they walk can even quote some scriptures and they walk in complete ignorance because the word has never been opened to them by the Holy Spirit because they've not taken the time to spend with him so that that word can nourish their spirit and strengthen them so that they can walk in this. But God wants you to know that you are not redeemed with anything corruptible, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. You weren't redeemed by money. You weren't redeemed by the traditions of the religious traditions or, or you weren't redeemed by anything that your, your lineage has ever done for you. It does not matter if your relative gave a large amount of money to build a building and that's the church you go to. You weren't redeemed by that. But... Verse 19, in other words, you could say it this way, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Now, what does that word redeemed mean? It means you were purchased. You were purchased and you were, a ransom was paid and you were taken out of the delegated influence of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, out of spiritual death, and you were placed in the Son, in Christ, in his kingdom, spiritually alive and brand new. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Christ redeemed you with his blood. He took something of himself to redeem you and now you're his. When Satan messes with you, he's messing with him. That's good news. Because he can't mess with him. Therefore, he can't mess with you. 
That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be unto God. See, victory is always tied to thanksgiving. Thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory in Christ. Right? What does it say just right in that next letter to the church at Corinth? 2 Corinthians 2.14. It says, but thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Why? Because you are his. You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Hebrews chapter 9, jump over there. I want to live a little bit in Hebrews. Well, I'm telling you, I, I just feel so stirred for many things, but I would love to teach a verse-by-verse study through the book of Hebrews. There is so much there that a believer must understand. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. Can you hear that beautiful sound? I love that in our church. That beautiful sound of pages being turned. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's so important that your Bible is a part of your life. Hebrews 9, verse 12, it says this, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Now, this word by can be translated in the Greek language through. So you could very easily read this this way neither by or neither through the blood of goats and calves, but by or but through his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. He entered into this place in heaven one time to purchase our freedom doesn't have to ever do it again and that blood speaks that blood speaks that blood will speak to your heart when you get a revelation of it all the time that you are mine right i think of isaiah 54 no weapon that is formed against you will prosper every tongue that rises against you in judgment you have been given the power and the authority to condemn the tongue And it says this, and this is the heritage. It says in the Old Testament, the servants of the Lord. But as we read that in New Testament truth, you could say this, this is the heritage of the sons and daughters of God. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. What did it take to make you righteous? The very blood of Jesus. It's amazing. He obtained eternal redemption. Or you could say it this way, he obtained eternal freedom for you. You are never to be bound again. But see now, just as Pastor Dave said, you've got to exercise your right to walk in it because Satan operates as an outlaw. He doesn't want to play by the rules. You have to make him play by the rules. So that's why we stand up and we say no. You know, when the Bible talks about that, the, that, that God will raise up a banner against the enemy well you know how he does that when the enemy comes against you the holy spirit will give you 
You'll already be prepared. He will have already brought revelation of the word of God to your heart. And whenever you get pressed, that word will be there and you will rise up and speak the word of God and you're the one. Your tongue raises the banner. See, that's how it works. God works when you're speaking. That's faith. You believe it in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth. It gives God a legal right to perform it in your life. And God wants to perform it. He wants you to walk in freedom in every arena of your life. And as you sit here today, you haven't messed it up. I could tell. You know how I could tell? Because you're breathing. You're alive. Right? Talk to some of us. Done some stupid things in our past. And guess what? When we get to heaven, the God who is all-knowing will not bring them up because they're gone. Because the blood of Jesus didn't cover them, the blood of Jesus eradicated that. When the enemy see God, we're going to show you how God sees you in the blood. Why does he see you that way? Or through the blood? He sees you that way because that's the way it is. He, he remembers your sin no more. That sounds so powerful that only God can do it. But no, no, no. No, it's very simple. According to the word of God, there is nothing to remember. And the wages of sin is death, so he has no legal right to bring death into your life. Because what the sin thing has been removed. Oh, that's so good. That's, that's a message. That's just, Pastor, that's just too good to be true. Thank you. That's called the gospel. That Greek word means a message that is too good to be true. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Wow. See, the blood of Jesus speaks of your freedom. It speaks of his mercy and his love for you. Let the blood speak louder than your self-condemning words. The blood of Jesus literally will do away with the sin consciousness. It's affected all of it. But we haven't taught it, so we don't know that. There's power in the blood of Jesus. I've been redeemed by his blood, so now I am his. When I walk through the fire, it will not kindle upon me. Notice it doesn't say if. I walk through the fire. No, no, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. It's when. See, what believers, what you have to get a revelation of is some people think, man, when they come into this thing and they hear the word, that it's just bliss. And all of a sudden, I never face anything anymore because Jesus gave me the victory. And what you don't realize, no, no, there is a place in the midst of the chaos that's coming against you to where you're totally at rest, totally at peace. Could you imagine if you were in a sporting event? Could you, I mean, it wouldn't matter if you were down 100 points with three seconds to go if you knew you already won. You would actually be more excited because you're like, Wow, this next three seconds is going to be, this is going to be amazing. So when sickness attacks your body, 
See, the Bible says a strong spirit will literally grab you and sustain you in that infirmity. It'll sustain you. Listen, when God sustains, it's not a barely just get by thing. It's people think, well, he's lost it. I went and visited him in the hospital, and it's like he's lost his mind. He's so happy. He's so at rest. And they're telling him he could die any minute. No, no, he's not crazy. He just knows something that he, that, that he already had. He already knows the end result. You, you literally have already won. Every battle has already been won already. Isn't that amazing? You got to know that because that's how he makes you to lie down in green pastures. In the midst of the valley of the shadow of death where things are wanting to take you out. Wow. I love this. So therefore, I have faith in the blood. I rest my case on the blood. Satan, you lose. You have to leave. I'm not moving. I have authority over you. I have all authority in the name of Jesus. You have none. You've been stripped. You're under my feet. You have to leave in the name of Jesus. Right now as I'm saying that, you know what's happening in the spirit realm. I can't see it, but man, it's probably going to be a good show that I'm going to watch someday in heaven. Right? Better leave, because man, he's coming. Right? Because my God watches over his word to perform it in my life. I'm his. His blood produces in you and I a perfect righteousness. You're not made righteous by the blood of Jesus only, whatever that word righteous would mean, right? That used to be a slang term, righteous. We've written songs about righteous. But no, 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 we're not talking about righteous. We're talking about the righteousness of God. You've been made that. How? By the blood of Jesus. That's amazing. So now God looks at you. What does that mean? It means that God is looking at you as if sin has never existed in your life. Do you know why? Because sin has never existed in your life. It's been done away with. See, even saying that, it just rocks any religious cobwebs you may have. But see, we're not saying that in our own opinion. That's what God says. My God says, I've been crucified with Christ. I was buried. This is Romans chapter 6. I was buried with him. I was raised to newness of life. Right? I was identified with his death. I was identified with his resurrection. My identity is in him, and the number six thing is, and sin will never have dominion over me again. Its power has been broken because of the precious blood of Jesus. In addition to that, sin consciousness, which troubles Every believer, or so many believers who don't know this, but sin consciousness has been broken off your life. Do you realize that? The Bible says that. Go back and listen to those other messages. We had scriptures all over the place on this. 
Guilt, what that means is guilt and shame and condemnation has been broken off of you. Yeah, but pastor, I still deal with that. That, yeah, but you're dealing with it wrong. When those thoughts come and you start condemning yourself or, or Satan will, will stir other people up to condemn you or circumstances and things in your life start condemning you and the enemy is trying to get you to be conscious of your sin, but you don't have any. you got to get a revelation of that. The precious blood of Jesus has eradicated that. Say lie. We're all just like, you know, he's saying that. I've been around here long enough. I, thought, I know he's telling the truth. No, yeah, I am telling the truth. This is what God said. You are free. That's verse 12. Let's look at verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the, pur- uh, to the purifying of the flesh. That's talking about all those Old Testament sa- sacrifices. They covered, they sealed sin in the children of Israel's life for a season. And look at this, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? Look at this. How much more will it purge? That word purge literally means, in the Greek language, it means to cleanse thoroughly. Will it cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Serve. Do you know when it talks about you serving, that is your ministry. That is God's plan for your life. We are on this planet to serve him. Right? Now, I'm his child, so when we talk about relationship, when the Bible talks about my relationship, it doesn't call me a servant, it calls me a child of God. But when it talks about me, what I'm here doing, I'm serving him as I'm serving others. And what am I serving them? I'm serving them Jesus. I walk around, hey, you know, we've got a special today, Helen. Let me serve you Jesus. Right? And I do that by ministering grace to you through the word of God. I do that by laying hands on the sick. I do that by living my life as, as literally as a sermon before others and then using my mouth whenever necessary. But the blood has empowered me. He's in, the blood of Jesus has empowered me to walk out God's plan for my life. Because until you realize your conscience has been purged and cleansed, you'll sit there and think, well, no, it's not, because I feel this way and I feel that way. Yeah, and you're feeling a bunch of nonsense. It's time for you to start feeling what it's been like to have your conscience cleansed because he said it. So all you got to do is start walking around. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand anything about it. You don't have to feel it. Just start walking around going, Father, I thank you. I thank you that I I dare you. 
here we go, I double dog dare you to just start walking around and going, Father, I thank you that you have purged my conscience. You've cleansed my conscience from dead works now to serve you. You won't be not involved at church. You'll be involved at church. You won't be not telling anybody about Jesus. Do you know how many people feel a call in the ministry that they wonder why they don't teach in churches and they don't do all this stuff? Pastor just, he stifles me. He never allows me to do anything. I had one member one time talking to me about, all you do is preach the law. I'm thinking, time out. Are, are you talking about Faith Family Church? I mean, I might not preach it very good. I mean, if you're here next year, I'll preach it better. But, you know, just as the foremost authority, he's telling me exactly, and I'm like, let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you shared your faith and led somebody to Christ, and how many people are you discipling? Uh... Well, God hasn't called me to do that. That's what he said. So, so you didn't read that part of your Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The number one call on all of our lives is to reconcile. Go and tell the people, be reconciled to God. Right? See, we got to stop. See, what, where does all that junk come from? Well, God has called me to teach faith. Right? And then you even got Rhema grads. Well, listen, you know, I sat under Brother Hagen. Okay, well, obviously, by your attitude right now, you didn't hear anything he said. Because if you really heard what he said, you'd be like, okay, man, I am just... God, you got to help me. You got to actually, you got to do it. But I'm ready. I'm willing. It's not about me, right? I love this. It cleansed your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So, in other words, we've seen that in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus, what has it done? It brings forgiveness, or I should say this correctly. It brings remission. The word is always used. It's used, it's remission. It's not forgiveness. Well, what are you saying? He hasn't forgiven me? No, no, no. It's really cool. The word remission has in it forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there. In, in the New Testament, the New Testament teaches that my blood, that the blood of Jesus has remitted my, my sins. That means it's forgiven them. It's canceled the penalty, right? And it has removed the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of sin. Could you imagine how your life would be if you never condemned yourself again? Wow. You know, we talk about other people condemning us. I really don't see that much because I am laser focused on never allowing myself to condemn myself. Right? Sometimes we're our, own, our worst enemy. So we got to keep that enemy on the, we got we to keep that flesh down, don't we? 
You are redeemed from sin. You are redeemed from the guilt of sin, which is sin consciousness. So the blood of Christ has the power to reach into the conscience of a man and silence the voice of self-condemnation. It's what it does. The blood of Christ has the power to remove sin, to remove the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation of sin. It has the power to silence the memory of sin so that you live your life no longer looking back at what you did wrong. You live your life looking back at what Jesus did for you, but mostly looking forward to what he has for you. Like we said Wednesday night, there's a reason in your car why your rearview mirror is just small, but your windshield is big. A lot of people are living with a very small windshield and a gigantic rearview mirror. Right? But the blood of Jesus will eradicate that from your life. Here's the thing. Whenever the blood is honored, the Spirit of God moves. That's why we're teaching on this. We are believing God for signs, wonders, and miracles. We expect every service and every day in our lives that Jesus is going to work with his word and confirm it with signs following. So we honor what he did. We honor the blood because when the blood is honored, how do you honor the blood? Father, I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that I've been cleansed. I thank you that I'm free from guilt, shame, and condemnation. And now with freedom and at being at rest, I could serve you. And be a light in this world. I could show other people how good you are. See, that's what we're talking about with the blood. Once you become blood conscious or conscious, then the Holy Spirit is able to really work in and through your life. But if you are not conscious of what the blood did for you, you're not going to get to the point where he can work in and through your life because you're going to be trying to be good enough and do the right thing. And, and what happens is inner turmoil starts happening in you. I know so many believers, so many pastors that live in this inner turmoil and they eventually will get offended by anybody that is sent by God to help them or they get offended by the word of God because, man, I just, you know, the word is just not working for me. Right? But the word works if you'll work it. And, and, and I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus, we're trying to be and do things in our own strength. We're trying to do something that the blood does. We just got to let the blood do it. So here's rule number one for you. Give yourself a break. Right? Just, just give yourself a break. Come to the, like, like what God said to me years and years ago. Lord, I'm just like, Lord, I'm so sick and tired. What a great confession. I'm so sick and tired of where I'm at and what I'm doing. I'm just sick of it. It doesn't feel right. It's not right. What do I, 
you know, I'm being real spiritual. God, what do I need to do? I could just see his face. He's like, well, Tony, you just need to get over yourself. Because ministry, man, it's really hard when you're working and I'm not working. Life is really hard when you're working and I'm not working. Facing sickness and disease or facing an attack of the enemy is really hard when you're working and God's not working. So we give it all to him. We travel light because all of our trust is in him. Because man, if he would not withhold the blood of his son for you, you know he will give you freely all things. It's amazing. Your confession of faith, or I should say it this way, your confession and your faith in the blood, it causes you to become blood conscious instead of sin conscious. Hallelujah. What does that look like? You will start loving what he loves. And you'll start hating what he hates. That's that's such a key. Guys, I'm not talking about the Episcopal brothers and sisters in Christ down the street. Right? I'm not talking about the Egyptian Greek Orthodox Church. Am I, if I'm pointing, am I, I'm actually pointing in the right direction? Wow, I did it right. The, the, new, the new church, or the Egyptian Greek Orthodox Church that's over here. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. Right? We walk around with our chest out because we're word people. And what the problem is, we're walking around with this t-shirt that says word people. But, but what you, what's underneath the shirt is a diaper. <laughs> and what's in our mouth is a pacifier so we're not talking. And we think we're all that when in reality we're up to here with I, I, I. Feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm leaving that church. That pastor doesn't do this. And oh my gosh, my my boss at work is this. And my husband is this. And my wife is this. Oh my goodness, get your eyes off yourself. No, no, I'm talking about everybody else. Yep, in relation to how they are affecting you and you're being completely robbed from the Zoe life of God that's yours. What am I saying? You know what? You get rid of the inner turmoil in your life and it doesn't matter. All hell could be breaking on around you. You don't take anything personal. You become a minister of the gospel. You have the mind of a scholar. You have the heart of a dove. And you have the skin of a rhinoceros. Nothing penetrates it. You just, you just, you just walk around going, wow, I'm just loved by God. He just moves. You don't, you don't care what other people do. Right? No, no, you're, you're working out your own salvation. So what, what that means is you're praying for everybody else, but you're not looking at what they're doing. People come to you for advice, you're like, yeah, here it is. Be led. God loves you. He will lead you. He will guide you into what you're to do. Don't listen to anybody else. Yeah, but you're my pastor. Right. So I'm, my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. 
My job's not to tell you what to do in life. Well, pastor, I want to get married. Can I marry this person? Oh my gosh, that's scary. <laughs> if that pastor says everything but what? You need to go, run. Well, but you're the shepherd. Yeah, 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 under shepherd. But you got the mighty Holy Spirit in you. Right? Are you ready for verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 10? Let's go over there. We're real close. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. I hope this is encouraging you this morning. Man, there's no bad news. God has a plan for your life. He loves you. He'll walk you into it. He paid an incredible price to, have the, to give you the privilege and the honor of now coming to him. That's why it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Some people go, well, now wait a minute. He's, why, wouldn't he do, why wouldn't he go first? No, he did. He did way before you hit the planet. So now he's just waiting for you because he's a gentleman and he won't violate your will. But oh, if you invite him. Yeah, but I'm a faith person. I can't say, God, I don't really know what to do right now. That has nothing to do with faith. I talk to God every day. Lord, show me what I'm not seeing. Please, show me what I'm seeing wrong. My heart's desire is to always follow you. So show me if I have any blind spots that I've created by my own pride, and I, I'm submitted to you, show it to me, and I will make that change. No matter how much it might hurt my flesh, no matter what people might think of me, I will make that change. Oh, pastor, you're such a wonderful person. Wow, I wish I could be like that. Well, the reason why I'm like that is because I beat my head against the wall for decades. And I finally just got, well, maybe not decades, but I finally got tired of that. And I realized, oh my goodness, God actually knows what's best. <laughs> he actually knows. So now, I've, I've gotten over myself. Now, every once in a while, my flesh will jump back there, but then, but see, this is the cool thing. I'm full of the word, so I'll jump right back and go, nope, not going there. Right? Adjust and repair. That's what a spiritually mature person does. All you got to do is look at your life and you'll be able to tell if you're moving into the plan of God for your life or if you're moving away from it. Look at how you honor God in your finances. Look at how you honor God with your relationships. Look at how you honor God as you're planted in the local church that God has you. Look at how you're honoring God in whatever ministry he's called you to outside the walls of your church. You'll be able to tell, or am I moving towards God or away from him? And oh, he wants you to move towards him. So Romans, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 16, it says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. See, we honor the blood as we confess the blood of Christ has eradicated my sin. It's gone. I'm honoring the blood when I say that. The blood of Christ has cleansed me of all my sin. And now I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. Father, I'm so thankful. What am I doing? 
Am I boasting? Yeah, I'm boasting in him. Am I arrogant? No, that's not arrogance. That's boldness. Boldness is, comes from you knowing God. Arrogance is all that you think you are. Man, for me, I love what Paul said. I am who I am by the grace of God. In other words, in myself, those in him realities, in him I could do all things. Here's an in you reality, according to the word of God. Without me, you can do nothing. Right? We get this right, and then we start to realize, wait a minute. This is not erasing our identity. This is giving us our identity. Jesus said, listen, my meat, what feeds me, what turns me on, what burns in my heart is to do the will of him that sent me. It's how the God who is life, how he operates. Right now, the Holy Spirit who is God, is here. And he's not looking to do his own thing. He is like, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Right? I mean, they operate together. Jesus is like, everything I'm going to tell you to do, almighty Holy Spirit, is what my Father's plan is. That's Zoe life. To where now we come together with him, one spirit with him, and we walk with him. Now that's supernatural because when you think, just go intellect versus intellect, his versus yours. He is so amazing that he could communicate intimately with you. That's amazing, right? I think of that interaction that Job had with God. God, why? I'm a righteous man. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this in my life? God shows up. Do you know the one question he never answered was that one? What he did, he wanted to help Job. So he's like, hey, first of all, I don't care about the boils and the pain. Stand up like a man. You're talking to me. I'm God. Let me ask you a question, Job. You know so much. I wouldn't doubt if God was going, so much. Probably he was going, so much. Right? What, do you know, Job, how all the laws of the universe and heaven, how they fit and how they work with the laws of the earth? You could, hear, you could think Job going, he had, have you ever had that moment with God? Where you just realize... Yeah, you know, can I just, if you're married, you've done this with your wife, if you're a man. Can I just, can we just pretend like I never even said that? Because that's just, that's ignorance gone to seed, right? But see, God, he used natural, the lowest form of revelation is where God is revealing himself through nature. But that's how he had to deal with Job. And Job got it. At the end of it, he said, man, God, you know what? Let's just forget that question. Now, two thousands of years later, we're making a worship song about it. He gives and takes away. Oh, my gosh. It's one of the 74 things that God said, that Job said about God, that at the end of it, he goes, I have to hold my hand over my mouth. You know, Lord, I'm just going to shut up right now. But God literally, he called him a righteous man because Job really didn't know. But Job made the adjustment 
Today, I would encourage you, if you're beating yourself up, if you're living in your past, or if you, in all of your word of faith pride, think you know so much that you're completely, you've got so many blind spots that other people are looking at you going, wow, but you think you know everything. Whoever, whatever class you're in today, just give it up and forget about it. Be an Italian, forget about it, right? Just forget about it. Forget those things that are behind. I'm going to press forward to this high call that God has on my life because God has called me for such a time as this and his blood has literally made me free. This is so important. Look at this, it says in verse 18 of Hebrews chapter 10, now check this out. We've said this before, but we're going to go into it again. I love it. It's the Greek word, aphesis. Now where remission, remission of these is. Remission. That is the Greek word, aphesis. It literally means remission. Aphesis means I'm forgiven. The penalty of my sin has been canceled and now the guilt and the shame has been removed so now I could stand free in Christ. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Why? No more offering because Jesus already did it once and now the sin is gone. Isn't that good news? Jesus, in other words, took our condition. His blood so completely changed us. Actually, probably to say that correctly, his blood has so completely made us new that there is no longer any evidence of Adam in us anymore. There's only, in your spirit, there is no evidence, no evidence of Adam. It's all Jesus. You're new. Wow. The blood of Jesus silences the voice of sin and condemnation. How many times have I said that today? See, Satan is very, very concerned, freaked out, and afraid that you'll find out what happened in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He took your place. Verse 19, look at what it says, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. What? So Jesus took his blood and entered into the holy place once. And now, through his blood, I can enter into the holiest I can live there. I can come boldly to the throne of grace to my dad and obtain mercy and to find grace to help me in my time of need. Because of the blood of Jesus, 
It silences the voice of guilt, shame, condemnation. It, it literally erases these from our mind. Why? Because I've made, been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ by His blood. And now I could stand in His presence with no sense of guilt, no sense of inferiority, no sense at all that sin has ever existed in my life. I could stand before Him holy. See, this is why we talk so much about behavior. Forget about behavior. Behavior, which is holiness, which you are to walk holy. That's God's desire for you. He wants to make sure as you walk, every door is shut from the enemy, right? Because the enemy's coming anyway. But he wants, he wants his children to walk holy before him. It pleases him. But see, here's where we've gotten it wrong. Holiness is not based on our strength to do that. Holiness, you can only walk holy. You can only change your behavior as you have a revelation that you've been made righteous because holiness flows out of righteousness. So that's why when you see your brother or sister doing something wrong, it shouldn't even register on you other than just to pray for them. And you should be able to go, yep, boy, I've been there. But the blood of Jesus has got me out of that as, as I became more aware. And as you minister to people and disciple them, and they make mistakes, and they, they fall away, and they do whatever, you know, did you get it right? I know even when I was a baby, I'm sure, at some point when I hit about a year old, I didn't just jump up on my feet and go, okay. Let's go, man. I'm ready to play basketball. I'm walking around like, no. Have you ever noticed kids get up? They fall. They, you know. What do we do? We pick them up. Hey, it's okay. You're doing great. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He keeps infusing more and more revelation that you're righteous, you're righteous, you're righteous, until a sexual addiction falls off of you, until alcoholism falls off of you. That's the message. So when you're discipling somebody, don't tell them, that they got to stop taking drugs, get them in the word. Teach them who they are in Christ. And all of a sudden they'll be coming to you going, hey, I haven't shot up, smoked, whatever in a month. That's amazing. And you'll just smile and go, yeah, isn't it good? I got one scripture for you. John 8, 36. Whoever the son has made free is indeed free. All that happened to you right there is this junk that was in your mind and this addiction that was in your mind just got uprooted and now you're just finding out who you really are in Christ. And you go from glory to glory to glory. But you gotta keep your eyes in the book. Amen? In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. I plead the blood of Christ against every thought that speaks and against every enemy attack i plead the blood right as mark hankins would say i'm slinging blood everywhere he's hilarious but it's so true in other words what am i doing I, i'm pleading the blood i'm going okay i rest my case in the blood mind we are not thinking this anymore do you know one of the greatest things? We're believing God 
we're, we're trying to walk by faith to get stuff when the number one thing that you need to be believing God for is just to keep you right. To keep your flesh on that altar. No, 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 no. You're staying on the altar flesh. You're not going to dictate what I say and what I do. I think this stupid thought. I plead the blood against that. I am never going to think that again. That is not truth. That's a lie. I take every thought captive with the word of God. And I'm telling you what happens is you begin to walk in more and more freedom. Are you gaining more freedom? Nope. You're just becoming more aware of all the freedom that you've been given. Verse 20. Well, let me see. I'll go back to verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way. It's a living way. This way that we're living is, the path of the righteous is a path of life. Didn't Jesus say it? I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. Which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. See, Jesus made this new and living way by dying. He paid, the Bible tells us in Romans, all of our sin was condemned once and for all in the body of Jesus on that cross. All of my sin, he redeemed me from the curse of sin, from the curse of sickness and disease. He redeemed me from the curse of poverty and lack in his body on that tree. Wow. It says here, verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, because now I have not only my Lord, not only my shepherd, not only my redeemer, but now he is, he is and forever will be my high priest. Wow. Having a high priest over the house of God, because Jesus, sitting on the right hand of the Father, ever proclaims and shows everyone in the universe, including me, that I am connected to the Father, that I've been made righteous. Now, look at this, let us draw near with a heart of true assurance of faith. See, do you see how you have to have this revelation of the blood? You have to have this. Do you know how many believers have never been able to draw near? They think draw near with a heart of full assurance of faith means they know Mark eleven twenty three. 23. They could quote it. No, it's not about that. It's knowing what Jesus did for you. That you in yourself are not worthy, but you have been made worthy by the blood of Jesus. This is what he's talking about. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. That, that means full assurance of faith. That means I'm no longer wondering why this happened to me? I'm no longer wondering how is this going to work out. And I'm no longer wondering what if, if I really step out and try to follow God, what if it doesn't work? That is so prevalent in believers' lives, in faith circles. In the secret of their own life, they come to church, man. They got the really nice leather Bible with their name engraved on it. And, you know, it's even been read a little bit. And they've got every CD series by Brother Hagen. And, man, they have all, you know, they have the faith shield, you know, necklace. 
in, in, in 18 karat gold, right? They're like a faith wrapper. But they're steeped in what if this doesn't work? How is God going to eradicate cancer from my body? How is God going to renew a joint? How's God going to, I mean, how is he, how's he going to fix my liver? And what if he doesn't? All this is done away with. No more wondering why. Why did this happen to me? I mean, that was, quite, that was Job's question. Why? Every theologian, if you read commentaries, which if you ever are having trouble sleeping, start reading some of these commentaries. Every theologian said that's a question of Job, but God never answered that question, so it couldn't possibly be. Why, God? See, here's the deal. You stop wondering. You get out of that, and you're like, listen, I don't know why this happened to me. I don't know if I messed up or if this was just done to me. Doesn't matter. Because I know my future. I know who you are. I know you love me. I know that you're faithful. I know that you don't lie. I know that you perform your word. And I know that you always cause me to triumph and always give me the victory. I know you have a future for me. So, Father, I just stand in your peace. I'm not going to wonder if, what if this doesn't happen because I already know you already did this for me. And I know the greater one on the inside of me. I know I'm the weaker link in this deal, but I also know that the greater one lives on the inside of me and the Holy Spirit will help me lay hold of my healing or my provision or he'll walk me out of this i declare you start thinking about that and declaring that you'll start getting real happy you draw near to god with a heart of full assurance of faith how do you do that having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscious conscience now i know why People ask the what ifs. Why? Because they don't know their heart. The evil conscience has been removed. Means no more, the real me, no more feeling unworthy. No more sin consciousness. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. What does that mean? That's Romans 8, 11. The Holy Spirit with the same power that he raised Jesus from the dead with is quickening my mortal body by his spirit which dwells in me. He's healing me. His word, Proverbs 4, is life to me because I'm finding it and it's health and medicine to all of my flesh. The word is washing me with clean water. See, Having faith in the blood of Jesus has now brought us to a place of no doubt, no wavering. I will walk out everything that God has for me in this earth because Jesus did it. And it'll be the easiest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So I take that yoke upon me.
right? Now I know God is able to make me stand. He is able to keep me from falling. He, not me, he's able to save me from the uttermost. It means no matter where I go, no matter what situation I'm in, it doesn't matter if everything is caving in around me, he is able to save me right there. And he's able to meet every need that I have according to his riches and glory. And it'll all come to me through Christ Jesus. Now that I know this, now I can enter his rest. The highest expression of faith is rest. It's where you no longer are trying to figure it out. You are literally just going, I have it. I'm resting in the fact that it's mine. I'm resting in the fact, God, that you are going to literally, literally take me by the hand and help me to seize hold of what you've given me. And you're going to literally walk with me through faith and through patience and bring it until I see it in my life. I am victorious in Christ. That's what we're talking about. Hallelujah. Well, now we're ready for the verse that we always quote, that we never really build up to, but now you're ready for Hebrews 10, 23. Now you're ready to let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, because now I know he is faithful that promised. Let us hold fast. That means let us seize hold of the profession of our faith. That's the Greek word homo logeo. You've heard me say that a few million times. You've been around here. It means let me seize hold of saying the same thing that God says. God, you said I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and now let let me hold fast to always saying I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to hold fast to what you said, that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. And with his stripes, I'm healed. So I declare in the name of Jesus that Jesus himself bore this sickness, carried the pain, and now by his stripes, I am healed. My God shall meet every need that I have according to his riches and glory. He gives me power to get wealth, to establish his covenant on the earth. All things are possible to him who believes. I'm saying, I'm holding fast to the profession of my faith without wavering because I know when I grab hold of it, sweetie, let's show these people this. Can you come up here? So she's a believer, and I'll just play God here, okay? Well, you know, you guys say the wife's the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to be God, right? I'll just be God in this one. So she lays hold. Let us seize hold of the profession. So as she's speaking what I'm speaking as God, it brings my hand right here. So how strong is her hand if I'm all powerful? As a matter of fact, her job, it's just rest. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. I might need that again. Yeah. But that's what happens, guys. This is why Jesus said, listen, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. 
All the things Jesus did on the earth, do you know he didn't do them as God? He did them as a man anointed by God. He did them to show you and I how we're to walk. Oh, I love that. You know, can you sense that? We're kind of getting a little bit of a, we're peering into some things this morning. I love that. And look at what it says right after that. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Now we're going to see why we don't consider one another. Because if you're not holding fast to the profession of your faith without wavering, if you're not saying what he said, you're going to live your life not really caring about your brothers and sisters. You're just going to come to church and leave. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're just going to be up to here with you. Does that make you a bad person? Nope. Not at all. You're, you're righteous. You're a child of God. You just don't know some things yet. Because it says here, a part of this is, and let us consider one another to provoke. That means to encourage people to walk in love and to do good works. How do we do that? Well, the only way we can do that is if we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But we exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, if you don't see the day approaching now, wow, the day is approaching. Do you see how it all works together? You're not going to be able to do Hebrews 10.23 unless you understand what the blood has done to remit your sins. To where you walk and you're free from inner turmoil. You know you've been made the righteousness of God. That he loves you and that he's for you and in you. And it's in that place that place of freedom, that you'll start saying what he says. You'll start trusting him enough. There's no more what ifs. There's no more how. We know, we know that he's faithful. We know that he'll never leave us. He'll never fail us. He'll never forsake us. You know, every believer, think, just think in the, in the line of honoring God in your finances. I mean, I've only met one person in my whole life in ministry that has ever said, are you kidding me? I make way too much money to give for the first dime out of every dollar to God. I've only met one person that way. Everybody else is like, we all come to the place where we're like, if I do that, then I won't have enough. Which is a lie of the enemy. Because that's not what God says. But, but when you start to know what he's done for you, and you start to realize, even as Pastor Dave said, as he received the offering, that listen, your job is not your source. I could tell you this, where we're living, you better learn that your job is not your source. Because God, in the midst of all this stuff going on in the world, God has great plans for his church. Great provision. But we're going to have to learn to trust him. But, you know, we all have to take that step and go, okay, I mean, I remember it. I'm thinking, if I don't pay my rent, I'm renting a room. If I don't do that, I'm out on the street. My mom lives four hours away from me in California, and I don't know what I'll do. 
The only good news is it's not Chicago, so it doesn't get too cold in the winter, so I could probably survive out here, right? But you know what? God is faithful. And, but see, you don't step because you don't know him in that area. So that's how come if you're ever in a service and people are pushing you to do something and give and this and that, just, I'm out. That, that's not God. God never pushes you to do anything. The enemy will push you, but God never does. God will woo you and say, hey, come here. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Let me tell you about how faithful I am. How that I will, I have ways of bringing finances into your life. And you'll get to the point where just like a little kid, you'll go, okay, you know what? I know him. I just know on the inside. And you just do it. And, and you get these warm fuzzies and all this stuff. And then usually all hell breaks loose. <laughs> right? But see, so many times we think, well, that's not how it works. When I finally step out, it's just going to be glorious. Right? No, no. All hell usually breaks loose. And then, but down on the inside of you, God's going, don't, don't be moved by that. And then all of a sudden you look back and go, oh my gosh. I can't even figure out how it worked. But it worked. And then you go a few years into that. And you'll never not honor God. You'll be like, listen, eatings, that's optional. Living in a home's optional. Honoring God is not optional to me. Because everything that I have is because of him. And, whoa, that makes him so happy. Because you know why? He could start getting more over to you. He's like, oh, you think that's good? Come over here. Oh, you think that's good? Oh, you know what? Let's just... Bud and Fran, let's just get rid of 75% of your income while you double your giving. Because, because I'm going to eradicate $2.5 million worth of medical bills that are happening in your life right now. And you're going to live, you're not going to die, and you're going to declare the works of the Lord and walk in more prosperity than you've ever dreamed possible. See, God is bigger. Amen. Well, praise God.